Hey guys, welcome to episode 94 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Comet number five, and my fellow host has a sixth sense when it comes to picking the NASCAR Cup winners. <laughs> How dare you? And also, um, so uh, hello out there to Warriors. And okay, so I had a bit here and I couldn't quite figure it out where it was like, hello to whatever the Amazons are of Wonder Woman and then like the guy with the dick that transcends space and time like in Wonder Woman oh, 84 I think I think they're called Amazons but it's Themyscira as well yeah okay there you go so uh well I you know we're recording this on the earlier side but not early enough where I can't enjoy this delicious Imperial IPA and retrograde from Divine Barrel Brewing so I got a little story time for you partner uh this will be quick but I didn't I intentionally didn't tell you this in person because i want to see your reaction on this so when i was here i've got i kind of went to this one event to help move these arcade cabinets for this one place that's reopening there is this association here called the the charlotte gamers g-a-y-m-e-r-s network right that are just like lgbtq whatever you know all those all those things and they just get together and play board games and video games so i was like well i just still need to meet people and i don't care about their sexual preferences or whatever so i was like i'll just join and go to that so over the course of one evening i got both a girl's phone number and a man's business card which to me feels like a two for two <laughs> so here's the best part is i went out with the girl on monday and i had no expectations because i was like there's probably a 50 50 chance that she's probably an l sure. or b or g or whatever right like potentially potentially not like my style uh and the reason why i brought up divine oak is because we like a bunch of children were making out in the divine barrel <laughs> brewing parking lot for an hour and a half oh my god <laughs> and the last thing i'll say about it uh i will not give her name because again uh but i told her i have a podcast and i knew that she'd like because throughout the night we had like established bits already about like how we met oh all these other gosh. things so i was like yes like irl bits it's been the best so Hopefully we're going out tomorrow, but it's been it's been very exciting to to try that out. But anyways, that's been my big exciting thing this week. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, honestly been a bit of a weird week with uh, Memorial Day. Oh you know, yeah, kind of like got you that four day work week, and my Tuesday literally had everything from Monday pushed onto it, but that I still had stuff that was on Tuesday. Yeah. So yesterday was just a chainsaw to go through. I I think uh, the I think the, to your point, the four day weekends or the three day weekends are only good if it's a Friday. Yes. right because like if it's a monday either. you're like well now i have all the work to do from monday and i'm, I'm probably like tired yeah. and hung over or like dehydrated <laughs> so it just sucks yeah and so uh you know ha had a few friends over uh for memorial day played some cards did some grilling and i was like you know i want to be able to play cards but i also i have to be in charge of the food so I had these Wagyu uh, hamburgers Ooh. that you can actually buy from Walmart, believe it or not. You've made like, you made those. Yeah, I know, right? Like, that's really Wagyu. You made those before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah they're delicious. Yes, they're amazing. And so I uh, did a little bit of seasoning. I put the grill on medium heat, okay. just minimum. And this is the, gr and this like, is okay, the grill, not the smoker, correct? The yes, grill, okay. Yes. And so I figured, okay, medium heat. I should be able to put them on, come back in five minutes and they'll be good for the flip right get out there after five minutes i noticed the temperature dial and it's all still on medium heat 
The temperature <coughs> dial says that it's 900 degrees <laughs> in the grill. Uh, medium uh, folks should be like 350, yeah. 375. Wait, for real? So, was, it's like yes. all the way. Because my grill can get that hot yeah. if you put it on ultra max right, right. to like sear stuff. So I lift it up and I kid you not, Tuck, this massive flame <laughs> and smoke came out. Every single burger is charred to absolute <laughs> shit. <laughs> Open it the And luckily, I didn't cook every single package because I think I had put 12 burgers yeah. on there uh for wait three six nine yeah no 12 to 15 somewhere in there for basically five people and i was like that should be plenty i have six more i'll put them in the yeah, fridge just in case and if someone's yeah. really that hungry i'll cook them and turns out it's a good thing because i had to cook those to be the legitimate burgers so what i did the second time is i left it on medium but i left the grill cover open and it took forever to cook the burgers <laughs> so it's either you close it and uh you live long enough to be the <laughs> villain because it's going to burn to hell. Or if you leave it open, you live long enough to be the hero. The food is it destroyed? Is yours a Traeger or is it like a propane? It's just a propane, right? Uh, it's gas straight from the house. Oh, you got one of those. Nice. Yeah, there's one of the. Yeah. There, I don't have a grill anymore in the apartment, but I do have an air fryer, which I've been going berserk with because it's so easy, right? Like. Yep. I got like those chicken breast tenders, which when you grill them are gross, right? They just get super dry. Yeah. Put them in there for 400 for 10 minutes. They're like perfect snacks. Yeah. But they, We're obsessed with our air fryer. It basically lives on our camera. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, well, I'm sorry to hear that. And maybe next time when I'm down there, you'll be able to have it perfected to be able to do both. There we go. Well, hey guys, if you want to support CMD Tower and all the content we put out, Head over to level1gameshop.com. Uh, they're the ones that help out with the monthly giveaways, which this month is Modern Horizons 2 bundle. Ooh. Plus they do sell sleeves, tabletop, gaming, uh, dice, everything you guys need. So definitely go hook them up. If you would actually like to help us out financially, help us improve equipment, whether it be audio, video, how, however, uh, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower with reward tiers for all the budgets. For just a buck, you can join the Discord, get into deck therapy, which was done on MTG Action 4 News last week, and even get entered in for the voice randomization. But for a minimum $5 a month, you get RK Post tokens, you get a squeeze coin, you're going to get uh, entered in uh, once we hit our 50 patron number to be a guest on. I mean, you just literally get so much for just that minimum five bucks, and it does go a long way into getting you guys more swag and improving our equipment. If you are an existing patron though, you could refer a friend, a colleague, or frenemy uh, to the community. And if you do, have them shoot us a, a note on Patreon saying exactly who referred them, and we'll send you some free swag. But if you can't afford a monthly commitment, but you would like to actually order some stuff, which we actually just got an order today, awesome. Uh, go ahead and head over to cmttower.com slash merch. We do have different bundles on there, like uh, the Mr. Commodore 5 Deceit bundle, where literally <laughs> you get everything we possibly could offer, uh, all the way down to just some stickers or a little bit of swag. But you got to do it, because I have to get these sleeves out of my yes. basement. And, of course, if you can't help us out from a financial contribution, then just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. 
And, of course, Pink Royal, we appreciate the music provided at the beginning and the end, and I forget that that bit is dead, and I need to delete is, it That, from that my is notes. truly a redacted bit, isn't it? We're do- we're, yes, we are done it with that. Okay, good. We are done. Uh, and, of course, we want to give a big shout-out to Rich Chaos Records and our audio producer, Squee McGee, for the great work that he puts in on Bruise and Builds and MTG Action 4 News. Uh, you can hit him up at Dear Squee on Twitter if you're ever interested in him helping out with one of your audio projects. And then our video and our editor at underscore Teacoats. Uh, he does all the YouTube editing for us. He does the cover arts for the Bruise and Builds series. Um, and he'll actually be featured on a Bruise and Builds episode coming up in the near future. Very excited. Uh, so be sure to hit him up if you would like some help with your video projects. So Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme. We correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how brewskis are beard. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's ramp and setting your board state. We call that grains. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts using a 60-40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow and stabilize and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then we have how does your board interact with the rest of the board? We call that hops. Oh, damn it. Uh, I could have actually said, I could have actually talked about specific grains like two row dextrose and carapils uh, in this Imperial IPA and retrograde. But hops also give the beer its batted bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They go in a variety strange and using things like Centennial, Chinook, Columbus, and Nuggets will help distinguish subcategories like this Imperial IPA. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then how does your deck actually close out or win games? We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. And that's alcohol content in the carbonation without the yeast to be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards, your deck would meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have my favorite part, which it's funny because there's a card in this section that I believe should be in the yeast and a card that's in the yeast that I would think would be in the spice. Pet card synergies that are just kind of in the deck that are fun. Big Tuck. Very curious. Yeah, I can't wait to get into it because I got I got notes and other notes about it. Not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA like this Imperial IPA in retrograde from Nine Barrel where I made out with for an hour in their parking lot at 10 o'clock at night on a Monday. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. And then to wrap up the episode, we do have a bottle capping. These are going to be big text and ice cuts and adds to the deck that are under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So without further so ado. So on that, on, on the budget of those cuts, are you letting it rip? Because all of mine are actually just as cheap as the budget options we've been having. Uh, I don't know. Don't remember. Okay. Maybe we'll find oh. out. So let's get brewing. Uh, of course. We're continuing token month, and Big Tuck has the cheesiest token commander out there because she goes into a two-card infinite combo, which he says he doesn't do, but he does. So Big Tuck, uh, Siona Silencia's Last Hope, why don't you read the commander and talk about why in the hell you built someone so broken? Uh, so yes, yeah, Siona, Captain of the Pileus, is a colorless... Uh, white and a green, Celestia, if you will, 2-2 legendary creature human sh- soldier that is an uncommon coming in at 14 cents 
for uh, the foily version of it. So when she enters the battlefield, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal an aura card from them and put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And then whenever an aura you control becomes attached to a creature you control, create a one, one white human soldier creature token. So um, I hate Selenia. It's my least favorite color, followed only by Naya, the three color combination that is pretty much just this in red. Uh, and I have had, I don't know, three Selenia decks, I think. Um, and I hated all of them and I just got sick of it. So I was like, I, this is one that I think is actually fun. So, uh, I actual legitimate, I hope friend of the show, Tomer had an article about this when this got previewed or when he was talking about Theros commanders and building it on a budget. And I liked the idea of the deck. Um, that it, it can be, it can be as cheesy as you want. We'll get into this once we start talking about the cards a little bit, but when I've played it since. Um, it's just kind of like a fun take on Enchantress and kind of tokens, right? Like really trying to focus more on the auras, which I don't have enough of, which we'll also get to at a later point. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, you know what? I This is a good list. I already have most of these cards lying around and I'm just gonna try to put this together and see if I like it. And so far when I played it, I actually have enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I uh, don't think I've actually seen you play the deck. I heard about the first time you played the deck where you went infinite. And uh, you did say you were going to take the card out, but then I see it's in the list. So we'll get, it. We'll get into it. There's a there's a reason why it's where it's at because I had sure. I got I got it all sorted out. Trust me out. Uh -huh. Yes. So uh, that's, <laughs> uh -huh. that's the one thing. But uh, you know, Silencia. I'm actually that's probably one of my favorite color combinations just because Karametra is that. But it's right. interesting. As much as I love playing Karametra. I don't have any other decks with those colors. The only other one I had was the kitty cat deck, and I tore that apart real hot quick uh, e in a hurry. Immediately. <laughs> yes. Uh, but when we look at the deck, pretty proud of you. Your color distribution's almost on point. We're about there. Yeah. Uh, I just need, and the best, the best part is, and I've, I was thinking about this too, about the color distribution. I've noticed that like, and this is gonna sound stupid, but like, I didn't, I didn't even look at the color distribution. I just like slapped this in here a while ago. And it's like the same thing, nine fours, eight planes. I can sub out one or two and it'll be like almost equal. But yeah. I also in two colors, I have almost every single thing that produces both colors. And I think gotcha. in two colors, that's such a big, that's such a huge asset to it, right? As when it's yeah. much harder to do that, you have to think a lot more and try a lot harder for three and four colors. Yeah, granted, you don't have a Savannah in here, so suck well, it. Well, that's there you go. <laughs> uh, the deck's price is between five and six hundred dollars, which I think we could definitely put to one of your yeast cards being a hundred and thirty-four. Oh right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> mana curve wise, we're looking at a two six six, very very low. Does this deck play pretty fast? Yeah, yeah, it can. Um, it's it's it it can kind of go one of two ways. It really helps that she's so low cost and she will dig up a and she'll dig up something to go with usually or try to. Um, so that helps a lot. And then the only thing where it gets like tricky is I don't run and we'll get into this in the grains, but like the, the way I ramp in this deck is very specific and also like very situational. So it's not as forgiving, um, in terms of speed as like most decks in these kind of colors, especially any deck in green nowadays. But usually it's like, I, I don't really struggle with mana, which is why I got some things we're going to be talking about later. Sounds good. And from a uh, token perspective, you're not quite as good as, as my build, <laughs> where you have a billion token options, but the deck does produce uh, one, two, three, four, five, six token options. 
Uh, and I and I think that's probably because your deck, your commander is more the token generator than other right. things within the deck. Is that fair? Yeah. yeah and then, like I think the token build of this is like most. In- the reason why I put this in my token deck is like I didn't really have another one that came close. And then the second is a lot of the enchantment enabler like good cards are token producers, right? Like yeah. when you play an enchantment or if an enchantment blah blah blue, a token gets generated. So I think there's a lot of that just happens to a lot of enchantment decks kind of by accident. All right. Well, I think that's a good deck recap. Uh, now let's plodly blue over to the rampant grain bill and have uh, Tuck start off with his first one. So there's three cards in here that all I'm not. I'm only doing one of them, and I'm gonna choose right now because there's three cards that all do very similar things, um, but they all kind of vary in how efficiently they do it. And these are the cards that are like the really, really strong green cards. So my first one is one that I recommended to Tomer because of this deck. And it's really easy to kind of go up and down, in and out of the ward because it's a flickering ward. By far and away, the best grain card in the entire deck. So uh, for one white and $3.65, you get a common enchant creature aura from tempest that reads when you play flickering ward choose a color enchant creature gains protection from the chosen color and then for a uh, white you return it back to your hand to its owner's hand so this was actually a card that was given to me that was recommended from um apb out for denwad or whatever his name is on here because he found this card and put it into his daxos deck and i saw it and i was like wow like that's a really cute interaction so for me, the fact that this is something that I can consistently flicker, create my soldier tokens, as well as protect my commander from like the whatever this is the biggest threat on the board. Uh, that's why I really like this card. And I think this one of all the other varietals of it, if you will, is the strongest with its ability and its low mana cost. Yeah, flickering ward is pretty cool. Uh, I think anything when you have a commander because I, I don't think specific card is, is so much that but if you have a commander that you always have access to and it's going to get additional benefits when you just have something etb and when you have or cast and you always have the option to put that back to your hand whenever you want that's extremely yes. powerful um because that's just extra value whether that's early game or even super late game where you're mana mm. flooded and like well i'll just flicker it 10 times because I got yeah. 20 mana because I'm in green and white. So yeah, and Flickering Ward is a great card. And that's, and that's, and to your point, that's happened to you before where it's like, I am, I have no cards in hand, but I have Flickering Ward and five planes. So here we go. Like, time, yeah. time to get to work. All right. Well, my first one is a enchantment that works really well in aura decks. Um, granted, you don't have as many auras, so hopefully that'll improve. But the nice thing is that you don't just lose out because you're also going to get triggers off of your commander. So, Season of Growth, I think, is a very powerful card yeah. for Siona as a grain. Colorless green enchantment uh, from M20. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. Uh, so you'll get that off of your Siona uh token creation and then whenever you cast a spell that targets a creature you control draw a card well if you're doing it with auras you should be targeting so you should be drawing cards Ex- and exactly. we have our first wheel spin we got our first one oh come on Talera, pikachu safe right <laughs> damn it so pika, 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 pika. <laughs> 
so yeah, uh, I think I pretty much put the card in a bottle on why it's good. Your commander <laughs> yeah. is usually getting targeted with stuff, so then that way you can create a token, so you're gonna get to draw a card, and then you make the token, and you get to scry one. Um, yeah. Granted, you would rather probably scry than draw, but you know that's just the yeah. Way exactly. What are you gonna do? Out. And and again, and again, like I think this card, uh, you hit the nail on the head. There's other there's other versions of this that are like. Um, Miri's Guile to, to some extent, or um, the Life Crashers Bestiary, in the sense that like oh, okay. this is like this used to be green draw cards, right? Now they can just draw cards like anyone else. Yeah. Um, but specifically, like this one is better than Bestiary because it is an enchantment, so it floods into that. And for the reasons you may mention, I might be creating at least usually one, if not more tokens a turn, be able to draw yep. some cards and refill my hand after dumping them out for auras. There you go. All right, what's your second green? Uh, so this guy is a mentor that a lot more people should be involved with. Uh, mentor of the Meek is a card that I do not see. I do not think people give it enough value and don't run enough. So two colorless and a white for a two-two creature human soldier. Whenever another creature with power two or less enters a battlefield under your control, you may pay one if you do draw a card. And we have another spin here. Come on, easy one, easy one, easy one, easy one. No, 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 no. Oh, damn it. It's a ghoul, man. <laughs> no, uh, but I did get Obnixilis, which is the Oberon one. So again, it's like sweaty, Spaniard guy. Okay. In these halls, there are no, there is no pass or fail. Your true test comes with the first full moon. So I do want to, before uh, Tuck talks about the card, uh, Tuck, clearly the internet disagrees with you. This card is played a lot, considering it's in 9% of all decks that run white. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> it's in over 23,000 decks out of an eligible 257. 23,000? <laughs> Okay, well, so you're, I guess you're I'm I guess clearly I'm, smoking meth already. I, I thought yeah, maybe I, the addiction would take longer, but uh, you've. I, I maybe it's just, maybe the people I play with it don't play it because I don't. Again, we don't play with a lot of creature centric decks. But for me, this is like kind of a sleeper hit, and I think it's something that people get thrown off on. At least when I've seen it, when they're playing decks that are like token based but not human or something along those yeah. lines, they kind of just think that this is a. Um, this is just like a filler card, but for me, like it's insane value in this deck. And it's also soldier, which will be important later. Uh, but again, you know, you pay one for an aura, a cheap aura to attach your commander. Cause there's this like sub Voltron package, which is ends up just cause you keep slamming auras on her. Eventually she gets big enough to go to the moon. Um, but you just pay your one, you draw your card, refill your hand. Going to the moon. One thing that happens in these aura and enchantment decks, as you're well aware of, is like once a creature gets killed, you're kind of Sucks. out of luck and you really need to get your hand going again. And this is yeah. one of the most cheap, this is the cheapest, one of the cheaper and most efficient ways to do it um, in these colors. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Mentor of the Meek. I don't run it in a single deck, but I think it's also because <laughs> Other than my Shirai deck, I don't play stuff that's power two or less. Like this yeah, doesn't exactly. even work in my Geared deck because I'm making four four. I was just gonna say that, yeah. So, um, but I I have seen it work. Uh, Mikel, I believe, ran this in uh, Brea. 
I was gonna say, yeah, he might have been a, he might have been one of those maniac players that would have put this into a Brea build. Yeah, I think he did, and I mean, he would draw a billion cards. Yeah, so <laughs> right. I, I get it. I see the power. It's just uh, I haven't personally found a deck for it yet, but I can actually see how it would be very, very strong in here. Yeah. All right. Meat well, my second one is actually a copy of Flickering Ward. The other one, yeah, uh, it's the green one, and oh. I thought this one was more interesting because of the a static effect that you get. Mm -hmm. so we're talking about Whip Silk. That's uh, a single green enchant creature. Enchanted creature may block as though it had flying. Pay a single green, return Whip Silk to its owner's hands. Spin that wheel. I am work uh, that butt. And uh, if you guys like this accent bit that we're working on, uh, you're in luck because a lot of these cards have a lot of text on them. So, oh, yes, it's the one I just sent you. Thank you, Uncle AJ. This is from Captain Lannery Storm, a.k.a. an old white woman smoking at a slot machine. <laughs> oh, this is actually one of my favorite ones. <laughs> yeah, this one's great. Lanawar forges weapons of steel. <laughs> Yavamar grows her weapons within. Give me another cocktail, <laughs> darling. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yes. We don't need to spend a ton of time on this because it's literally yeah. all the same points that we made on uh, the uh, flickering ward. Where I do think, though, it's worth mentioning is when you build these token decks and not blue, your flying defense yes, is right. very, very low. So the great thing about Whip Silk and just the way that the stack works and blocking and attacking, as I see this as a very valuable card to use as a block, okay, even if it's one of your one ones, excuse me, that you have it on, you throw it in front of their 8-8, eight, eight, but then mm -hmm. before damage is assigned, therefore it still has reach, you pay the green, bounce it back to your hand, and you could still block the flyer because exactly could, was a eligible blocker when you made the declaration. So just yep. because of the way the stack works and all of that, the whip silk is a very cool way. And I guess you could say the same thing. Ugh. Actually, no, because you do lose it. I was going to say flickering ward because you got the protection, but no, um, wouldn't work like that. So yeah, because yeah, you want, silk. yeah, the damage, the damage would still go through, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. I, I, so yeah, I, but, very cool. Have you thought about putting more flyers in here though? Because I mean, this looks like one of your, only ways to really deal with the flying threat yeah and there's like a couple things there's a couple other token generators but i need i probably need something more um it's it's hard because there's not a lot of flyers that also have like i would put flyers in here there's a couple that kind of have synergy that would be good blockers but you want them to be around longer it's probably something i need to it's probably something i should be looking into especially with all these new modern horizon two nonsense that's coming out so there's got to be a lot more important here soon yeah i was surprised not to see like an eldrazi monument in the deck just because you're making so many tokens you could probably just sack those guys uh i it's because i only have one copy <laughs> so, yeah. fair enough all right well tuck what is your last grain card so um, the last one I have is uh, one that you talked about, I think, in Tomer's build, but it's a bit of a dancer, right? And it also functions as like a backup commander. 
Uh, Core Spirit Dancer is, again, exactly the kind of gas that we're looking for in this deck. So colorless and a white for a creature core wizard. It's an 0-2 out the gates. Uh, it's a rare for about $2.33. It gets plus two, plus two for each aura attached to it. And then whenever you cast an aura spell, you may draw a card. And we weren't joking. We got a lot of this voice work ahead of you guys. So buckle up. Oh, God. Ah! Uh, Tamiyo the Sorceress Supreme. I, I get like the same ones and they never are good. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> she reaches beyond the physical realm, touching the ideals from which all creatures draw their power. Kind of, I think I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of honing in on that one. I think that's, I think I'm it's getting there. Better, it's a lot better than your previous one. <laughs> that's all I'll, I'll take it. has been a challenge. That one's been hard. And then the one from the elephant, the, the elephant from the jungle book still, have no, still can't. If you ask me right now to do it, I don't think I could. <laughs> you ask me right uh, now, I quit. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. It's over. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's just like, I when I play this deck, um, Siona does get killed pretty often. She comes down often and then is off the board pretty quick too. People kind of suss out that I really need her. So having these like pseudo backup commanders just to be a big blocker or just to be something that can dump all these auras on and get benefits out of it, um, yep. it's pretty strong. And again, like the draw spell helps a lot. So it, it's kind of a it's a greasy card in the sense that it's still just a creature and i do not have a good way of getting creatures back period i'm not sure if i have sure. a card in the deck that does that so again it just eats i mean it could come down just eat a lightning bolt or even better a shock uh straight out the gates but if you can if you can get there and ideally play this have two mana open play two other things draw your two cards and and get your net return there i think it's got a lot of wheels to it yeah i mean I think for this deck, it's all right. Just because I don't know what your aura. I know your enchantment counts like at twenty three or twenty seven. Uh, so uh, not, um, I thought you would say that, and uh, my aura count is at a gentleman's baker's dozen, aka ooh. thirteen. <laughs> all right, so it, it's a little light, and so that's why <laughs> I'm I'm all for any of the enter the battlefield, get thingamabobs, but when something's getting pumped based on the stuff's attached to it, doesn't even survey the battlefield. It makes me a little less inclined on it, but it it is two beta. Yeah. It It is on cast aura, so you know it doesn't have to be there when you cast the stuff. If someone decides to remove it, you're gonna get your yep. draw trigger, so it's, it's fine. I think if it was three mana, I would say no for this deck, but yeah. two mana, who really cares? I agree. I agree. I think that's I. I feel that's a very fair and accurate assessment. All right. Well, here's what's not so fair and accurate. I used to think this card was as good as Oracle of Moldia, and it is decidedly <laughs> oh, not. Hence its price tag. <laughs> so we're talking about Courser of Crefix. Yes. Uh, I don't know why I always got this confused with Oracle Moldiah, uh, but you know, here we are. So colorless green, green enchantment creature. So you get enchantment triggers, so Centaur, two, four, uh, play with the top card of your library revealed. You may play lands from the top of your library. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. So I like it for this deck because it's not ramp, it's more deck thinning because you yes. only still play one per turn, which I'm still here for. I'm here for the deck thinning. And you are giving free information, which I, I don't know how secretive you're trying to be in this deck, but the big thing is it's nice to get a 
it's nice to get a good static effect like what it provides when it's on the battlefield and on top of that also provide enchantment cast triggers enchantment for the battlefield yep. triggers you're just going to get all of these little can trippy type things happening on top of the fact that this is kind of a can trippy card itself so i think yeah. it does a lot for your deck i'm a big fan of it obviously now that i know you don't get to play that extra land per turn uh, <laughs> Oracle is decidedly better but for this deck i do like courser yeah, and and I, I agree with everything you said. I think the big thing was if this if this wasn't an enchantment creature, it probably wouldn't be in the deck. If I'm going to be completely honest, right? Yeah. I would rather have another ramp spell in its place. But the fact that it is that enchantment creature, you can there are the draw abilities that we just talked about that I have a bunch of. So you can kind of sequence it where you're like, look at the top card. You're like, okay, that's an enchantment. I'll get that to hand. I miss my land drop. The one underneath that or the one underneath that is actually land. Now I'll be able to play it. So I, I agree with you. I think I think this card, I think people, I think this card is potentially overplayed. I think people slot it in a lot of decks just because they think it's cool. And they think like that this like, like you said, um, car, deck filtering and deck thinning is worth it. But so, but in this deck, to your point, if it wasn't an enchantment creature, I probably wouldn't be in it. It'd probably be yep. somewhere else. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the rampant green section. Now we're going to have the board Satan hot profile, and I'll kick this off with a spinner. Oh. Of destiny. Oh, wait, hold on. We actually are going to do this. Here we go. It's been a while. <laughs> Three, <laughs> two, one. Destiny, destiny spinner. spinner. Colorless green enchantment creature. Shaman. Oh, it's also an enchantment creature. I didn't even know that. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, I there's also not a uh, there's not a thing to be read on this, so I'm happy to take this. Creatures and enchantment spells you control can't be countered, and then three colors for green. Target land you control becomes an XX elemental creature with trample and haste until end of turn. Where X is the number of enchantments you control, it's still a land. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a, a two three uncommon. Uh, yes. Yes. Right. Cents. Uh, has a cool chick kind of doing a spider spider-man yeah. thing uh it's a lot of green she, she doesn't it's, look uh, like usually when they do an enchantment creature they put like some stars on them or something this just looks like some broad out in the forest they didn't do that with corsair crucifix i i was just gonna say that as well it's like actually now that you say that <laughs> that'll have saying that maybe i'm putting my foot in my mouth yeah i think it's only the enchantment creatures that have a constellation oh I think those are the ones I believe. Yeah, you're probably you're probably right. Yeah. Them. Yep. So the fact that this prevents creatures and enchantment spells you control to not be countered makes it to where eventually one of your win cons that's in spice can't be countered or basically interacted with for the most part. Um and any of your creatures I, that leaves like what not counting lands, 15% of your deck that someone could counter, 85% oh, yeah. is probably uncounterable. Yeah, at mo at at most, <laughs> right? Man, it's absolutely absurd. Yeah, for a two drop, and again, the 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 issue with this deck though, um, where it's hard because you, like there's a lot of cards that have payoffs just for enchantments. So when I built it, I think I focused more on that as opposed to the aura of my commander. If that makes sense. Um, so it's good. Like this is one that's kind of in the middle though, where if it is, if I do need a mana sink, I can do those last, if I have, 
eight mana, 12 mana, I might be able to just like, that might just be enough to get in and get that damage through with the trample lands. Um, I have never, I have never ever used the second ability on this card and I've probably yeah. cast it five or six times. It's oh, just wow. so, it's so good. It's just so good because it's so low to the ground, such an easy CMC cost. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're running green enchantress, you should probably, this is like what a staple. It's gotta be right. Oh, uh, it's it's up there. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I would run it in my Estrid Enchantress deck. Really? Yeah. Because it doesn't reduce the cost of any of them. It just makes them uncounterable. And I don't think I've ever had an enchantment card get countered or creature. Oh, all right, fair enough. Usually, people just remove them. Oh, they just wait till you cast on missions and then just blow it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, all right. Well, Big Tuck, what's your second card? So this is a new, this is actually from the same set. And this is also, in my opinion, another slam dunk for enchantresses. And it gets even better because it's gonna give you, it's gonna grace you with some Pegasi. So we are talking about Archon of Sun's Grace. Two colorless, two white for three, four creature Archon. It's a rare from Theros. That's 33 cents. Flying lifelink. Pegasi, creature you control, have lifelink. And then Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, create a 2-2 two, two white Pegasus creature token with flying. So as I may mention, this is a deck. This is like when I talk about like this deck being a token deck, obviously it's the face commander, right? Um, there's a lot of tokens coming out of that, but this is another card that is going to enable my token strategies with the same, it's gonna enable my token strategies um, incidentally of my commander, incidentally of auras, right? Which again, kind of gets back to this point of it being difficult of what's the right amount of aura cards versus enchantment cards, because a lot of the big payoff things get both. Uh, but for me, for four mana, you're getting a great blocker. You're getting your you're getting your access to life gain. You're getting your access to uh, flying and reach creatures. Seems like it does a lot, especially when you add in like the flickering wisp or the whip tongues of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I like it. I think I don't love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I really liked it in Tomer's deck because that's <gasps> what we talked about at last because you, it was a colorless Orzov. He makes an enchantment creature, therefore it makes a white Pegasus. You're kind of getting like this one for one. Oh, I see what you mean. When, when it's just playing off of it and granted, you do have some uh, token doublers in the deck mm -hmm. and that makes this significantly better. Um, I don't know. I'm just... There's ways that this card is really amazing in this deck. I, so I look at it actually this way. I feel like this card has a very high ceiling because if you get things like Flickering Ward, you're paying two mana to make a 2-2 two -two with flying. And right, that yeah. essentially has lifelink if this lasts. Uh, and that's that's great. That's an awesome yeah, return. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm afraid of the low end towards like when you maybe finally get this, you only get two, three triggers off of it. And it's like, was it worth it for that? I don't know. Um, because I look at this deck as a massive go wide deck. Mm -hmm. The two two flyers, I almost look at as more like you have it here. They're the defense. Yeah, yeah, kind of I, absolutely. Like, so it's like, is this better than Ghostly Prison? I don't know. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, interesting. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know, but anyways, I think I have a spare Ghostly Prison now too. I would hope so, since they're not that expensive. Oh yeah, they're like two dollars now. Yeah. Damn, damn it. 
Damn you, reprints. Why don't you reprint good stuff? All right. Well, my second one is a old card, and it's pretty much a go-to if you run an aura deck, but Tuck only has 13 auras, so I don't know how much retether is going to do in here. <laughs> yes. So it's a sorcery uh, from Planar Chaos, around five bucks, three colorless white, Returned each aura enchantment card from your graveyard to play, and only creatures can actually be enchanted this way. So, aura cards that enchant a creature in play remain in your graveyard. And okay. I have word text. You have Hannah the Mad Hatter to read off to this one. What are your favorites? This is, this is the one I struggle with. Oh, really? Yeah. Just think about like right. Johnny Depp, like, <laughs> hey, kids. That's more Bozo the Clown. But like, that's what Johnny Depp is doing in that movie. Have you seen it? Alice in Wonderland? It's horrible. No. no. Alice, the reefs reach into the infinite time streams, bringing divergent products of alternate paths into the present. Great. Great. Whatever. I don't know. I thought it was good. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, this card's great because. Like we talked about during this cast, during Tomer's cast, auras are awesome until people blow up the creature yeah, and exactly. they all really suck. So this is one of your few ways to get stuff out of the graveyard. And I think your aura cards are the ones that are going to be more under fire than your regular enchantment cards. Exactly. So this and, does uh, really allow you four mana. Yeah, you've been picking on me. I get eight of them back loaded up on whatever I want. Exactly. And I think, like I said, this is also, this ends up being like I told, like I was just talking about, like it, this ends up kind of being like sub Siona Voltron, right? Where if she gets up to like seven and eight, nine, and can't be blocked because of whatever reason, like that starts adding up over time, right? While I'm generating yeah. this token army to go with it. So for me, to your point, I think a lot of uh, people play this as like, they know it's going to be a value train. The reason why I put this into hops is because this is my response to being like, this is kind of like a Hail Mary, right? I cast my commander, yeah. next turn I cast this, and then I might be able to knock out the last person. Um, and it's very much it's very much reactionary as opposed to other decks where it's like, this is gonna get, I'm not playing this card like, um, what's that one? Uh, like this, and this, in a Ural deck, this is a yeast, right? Yeah. Where it's like, then, okay, now I can get it back and go to town. And this one, it's a lot in, more in like- In theory though, it should be a yeast in this deck if you had as many auras as Ural decks have. That is, listen, uh, you are 100% correct. I, got, I have no rebuttal, nor do I have any more questions. But yes, retether re can do a lot of work in this deck. All right. Well, Tuck, what is your last hop card? So speaking of uh, getting in the red zone with my girl, Siona, this mantle makes it very easy for her to glide right on past anyone who gets in her way. So Spirit Mantle is another one of these cards. Oh, and hold on real quick. My janky setup keeps getting, I keep knocking into it with my chair. So, uh, okay, there we are. There, there we go. Uh, so Spirit Mantle is a colorless and white for an enchantment aura. Uh, it's about 39 cents. It's an enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, not much, but protection from creatures, which that's is amazing. That's, that's the reason why it's incredible. So coming around to, oh, nice. Velka, AKA red from orange is the new black. I'm 
The, the shield of unbeachable purity is as strong as any rot on the anvil. What? Oh, okay, I got it. The, the, the shield of unbeachable <laughs> is strong as any rot on the anvil. Not a very well-written sentence, I wouldn't say, because it's like, well, what, impeachable rot on the anvil? Like, you kind of have to mm. think about it through. But anyways, um, this feeds right into the retether conversation we were just having of like, Siona might have seven power, or might have 10 power, depending on all these other things you slap on her, and letting her just be able to have unblockable effectively, um, slamming through for commander damage is really strong. This is also one of those auras that's like a two drop. So for two mana, I'm getting a one one creature, I'm turning my commander into a three three and giving her unblockable. Yeah. Does a, does a lot of work. Like this is, I think, one of like the standards and staples of this sort of build. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I struggle with with her and Spirit Mantle, I do like it as a hop because of the protection of creatures. You always got a blocker, yep. yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't think this could ever really be used. And I don't know. Maybe it's just because I haven't seen the deck enough. I don't think we can get to Voltron level unless you're just literally throwing because a lot of your buffs on the auras it's plus one plus one mm-hmm. um and you have a couple that look at the entire board yeah right, right. Like, are you gonna have to load like eight or nine on that thing to like get her to where she's kind of scary because up until then it's gonna seem like a <laughs> small child trying to choke me and it just feels that's like what you but it but again, if that's if you had one small child trying to choke you for like six months, then you might have some damage to your windpipe, right? So even if it is three damage here, four damage there, it kind of stacks up. And honestly, um, it got to the point when I played this one time where I was like, I had her up to like commander level damages and I had to politic yeah. with the board to be like, I know if I swing out and kill this guy, they're coming after me. So it's like, look, I'm just being I'm on defense. I'm playing this stuff as defense so I can get onto the rest of my deck. That is fair. All right, it let's happens. move on to my last one, and uh, I this is one of the few actual true hops cards that we can s- talk about. How dare you? Um, uh, I mean, this is this is a legitimate one, not like some rigmarole. Like I'm doing a thing. So <laughs> I really like Ground Seal in this deck. Interesting. Okay. Colorless green enchantment rare twenty cents. When an ETBs draw a card, and cards in graveyards can't be the target of spells or abilities. And there is some flavor text. And this flavor text says, as you guys know, from the Godfather. So I'm going to be reading this as what, Tuck? Uh, I believe that is going to be Christian Bale from the Dark Knight. Oh, God. <sighs> Let all we have buried be buried forever. <laughs> Uh, Swear to me! (laughs) So, I like this card because you're getting card draw off of it. You're probably getting other triggers off of it. And cards and graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. So, things like Retether are still going to work because they do not target. But those Carador, those Marin players, all those graveyard decks that do deal with targets, even stuff with Reanimate, now it's just shut down. So, I think it does a lot. Yeah, I like it too. Um, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of intrinsic value to that, um, especially because, like you said, mine's mostly like mass reanimation spells coming back. Uh, I think that has a lot, a lot of value to it. Um, 
it would be worse if it, that's, there's a lot of like targeted reanimation in this deck, which I think there's like only mm -hmm. one or two. But if this if this card comes into play, like worst case, so like we talk we've talked about like Florence Celian, right? The floor is it's two mana that can shut down approximately what a quarter of commander decks that are out there, just yes. in, just like in a vacuum. Also replays itself and then also triggers all the, everything else that's going on in my deck for two mana. Yeah. Seems like it seems seems like it's pretty solid in there. Seems like it does things. Mm -hmm. um, and in this deck, you would rather have that than rest in peace because you can't do your yes. animation. <laughs> yes, <with that>. exactly. <laughs> then I'd be in, then I'd be in real trouble. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna wrap up the hop section. Now we're gonna head over to how does the deck win and yeast. Tuck, start us off. Are you doing it? Are you going for the bait? No. Damn it. Or am I? Do -do -do. Do -do -do. Do -do -do. That card say that card that card's saying it no matter what. But uh I'm actually gonna talk again less about the uh I, I'm going into the smashing in with I, I have three cards. I have one smashing with Siona, one that is a value train, and then one that is a reanimation target for any creature that it gets on. So the first one we're gonna go with though is something like this, or maybe like this. That comes from the people that came before you in your lineage. Oh, no. <laughs> your ancestors, if you will. <laughs> We're talking about Ancestral Mask. And for those playing yeah, the home game... You the cast just like that. And, and uh, for those playing the home game, I am doing that thing where you reverse your hands, put the eyes around your thing, and it really hurts my wrist because I heard it boxing last week. Um, but this is... So ancestral, so ancestral mass, two colorless and a green for an enchantment aura, enchant creature, enchant creature gets plus two plus two for each other, each other, each other, one more time, each other enchantment on the battlefield. Um, and there's a little bit more to talk about. And of course, our old pal, Niv Ghoulman, if you will. Uh, I pass to you all we have ever been. Go forth and become all we ever could. So this is the one that, like, this is one of those big ones that you were alluding to of this is the way that you turn Siona into, like, a Voltron commander, right? Um, most decks are going to be playing enchantments of some variety. Uh, omnisciences, land taxes, whatever you can think of. So being able to get a buff for all of your own and others is really strong. Now, when this is gone, this is gone. People are going to see this coming literally three country miles away right it's a, it's a card that's dripping in grease you can't hold on to it because it's so greasy and so straightforward um but for me again if you're if the token strategy doesn't work out which it sometimes doesn't uh you need other ways to be able to power through damage and this is one that's really efficient to do it in three mana my opinion yeah i really like it it, it becomes one of those things because there's a lot of cards for two mana that it's only looking at your side of the board. I feel like once you get up to that three to the yeah. four, that's when it starts to take everything into consideration. And I think you just have to kind of do an assessment of your play group to where, okay, if I'm paying an extra mana or two, basically increasing it, increasing its cost by 50 to 100% based on other effects, mm -hmm. how much more buffs am I gonna get? My other three, if I got three opponents, ideally does each of them have an enchantment? Do each of them have two enchantments? Yeah. Do I want to go worst case scenario? Am I willing to do this card if only one person has one enchantment? And I think that's where this card becomes sort of to be a philosophical sure. sort of what do you do? Because I was literally in a game this last weekend over Memorial Day where I uh, was doing Aura Shard type triggers with Harmonic Sliver. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, 
I didn't have any enchantments to target. It was really? only artifacts, and I only had one person that I could target the stuff on because no one else had any. And so that's just where this card now pops into my head like, man, how often do I see, like, at one point, my opponents each have at least one enchantment on their battlefield? Mm. I don't know. So I think that's where this card is playgroup dependent. If your playgroup yeah. is heavy in the enchantment side, then that's where you're going to run more enchantment removal, but then an ancestral mask would be gas. Yeah. But if you're in a playgroup that's maybe more artifact-based or other things, you have to be willing to put this card in your deck based on how your deck performs, very much how I am anti the sepulchrums of the world, the primordial cycle, yes. because you have to de depend too much on your opponents to make it worth it. Right. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a really fair point. Um, and there's that's yeah, we'll get it. That's a really that's a really strong point. Um, I never even thought about that. But that being said, I have seen this this card has like played out for me pretty well with Siona. Yeah. So maybe it's just like the right time. But it but yeah, to your point, it is it is like a good thought experiment to be like, how fast do, if this deck is one mana faster, can I get in there that much quicker? Right. So no, yeah. I, I think that's I think that's a I think it's a very good way to look at it. All right, well, my first one, sometimes you need these 1-1 one, one white soldiers to, as their births, immediately go to heaven and become angels. So we're talking about divine visitation. So Three colorless white, white enchantment. Uh, it's a mythic rare uh, from Ravnica Allegiance. Ah. Wait, hold on. Let me look. Is that the first? We are in Guilds of Ravnica. Guilds of Ravnica, the uh, first one, and yeah. it states: if one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, that many four-four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created instead. Spin that wheel. Pelvic thrust. Yeah, <laughs> another easy one for Mister Combo coming in hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Kasib in Nanji, the elephant from Jungle Book. <laughs> Let her <laughs> The angels appreciated the offer, but politely declined to eat any bird seed. <laughs> so I still don't. I, I, don't I, I, need to, I don't need to explain why this card's bananas when you're supposed to be making one ones, but you're making four yeah. four flying vigilance <laughs> yeah. sobs. You're making the card's you're absurd. Making, you're making Sarah. You're making a Sarah Angels instead of Soldier tokens. Yeah, pretty strong. And the other kind of interesting design mechanic of this, I'm surprised they didn't say if one or more creature tokens would be created under your control. Create one four four white angel, or create a four four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance instead. So that way, it's like, hey, if you made four one ones at once, you're just getting a four four. Or if you make two one one tokens off of a goblin entering the battlefield, you're going to make one angel because it's basically saying instead of getting a one to four, like one power to four power, yeah. it's maybe you're trading in three power to get four power, or maybe you have to think about it because maybe you would actually make six power instead of now you're going to get four, four yeah. power. So I'm surprised they didn't go that route because uh, that seems like it would make it a little bit more balanced. Right. Because then you just don't shit out like <laughs> 10 4 4 white angel creature tokens, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, also, one of deck, I, I agree with all that. When I opened this, I actually opened this. I didn't have to pay for it. 
um, when I used to buy sealed products and I bought a box of this uh, many moons well, ago. I'm sure basically through buying the box, you pretty much paid for the card. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I like opened this. I was like, great. But then I like reread it and thought about it for a while. I was like, no, that's actually like incredible. Uh, what yep. a deck this would be even better in. Don't say it. Hazazon? Oh. It would be amazing in Hazazon. I thought you were going to say our audio producer's deck. Oh, God, uh, no. Oh, Reese? It's already in. It's, oh, we're, no, we're not naming it. He's not here. It's already in there. Guarantee it. <laughs> Guarantee. Guarantee. Goddamn it. Uh, but yes, that it, it is extremely strong. Um, glad I had one lying around to put into here. And yes, you are right. In Hazazon, real good. <laughs> Maybe like one of the best cards in the deck? I would say the best card in the deck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, Tuck, what's your second one? All right, well, we've done it again. We, we, we continue to support this trash set because we, we can't help ourselves, but we wanted this deck to crash, but instead it drew into something like a crashing drawbridge. So two colors for an artifact creature wall with defender. It's an 0-4 tap. Creatures you control gain haste until end of turn. Uh, I thought this might be the one. Actually, I'm going to do it anyways because I was rereading it and I was like, oh, this might be the one. Uh, this might be the one that I might have missed, but it's not a person. It's a thing, but I'm still going to do it. So it doesn't matter. It still counts. Thank you. No, I thought it had. We can't do things. It has to be people. Look at the list. It's all people. But I've been doing it anyways. You're people. I am peoples. Uh, brought to you by our, our good friend, the Duff Man. Uh, this was his recommendation. The Northerly Beacon flared. And even before the dropage finished its descent, the knights charged out. Uh, Legend of the Gilded Knights. Who is? Gilbert Godfrey. Great edition. <laughs> Slam dunk edition. Um, I probably could have been more like, Arrow! but I didn't have my props. So uh, this is this is one of the things that goes into the infinite combo, which we'll get to at some point, um, which makes it really good. However, uh, the thing that also is solid about this card is that there are those times where you can have this like magic Christmas land of like flickering ward, divine visitation in your commander, and you have this big army that you might be able to swing out into or create a gazillion tokens off of like some really lucky draw or retether, and then you just have to wait a turn for the inevitable board wipe or initial removal spell. Crashing Dodd Bridge is like the most budget way to do this. Yes, it has to wait for a turn, but it's usually it, to me and we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast so we don't need to get back into it crash and drawbridge has insane value in decks that don't run red specifically yes now granted you could run that world enchantment that gives all creatures haste uh i also am pretty sure i have a spare copy of it now that i've torn through so many of my decks <laughs> there you go uh but yes you are right crashing drawbridge came from that trash set known as throne of eldraine yep. um but the funny thing is actually i am super hot on this card yeah, i don't run insane. it in a single deck wait really <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> great card don't even don't even own a copy of it. don't even run it uh don't don't think i own a copy unless it's in my bulk binder right or bulk bin uh, but no, I think for this deck, you're absolutely right. If you can get your infinite combo off, it literally does nothing if you can't give them haste. Yep. So you then give them haste, and then you basically win the game. Uh, but there are other ways to win the game when you go infinite. 
So my second card. This son of a bitch did it. I just <laughs> knew I couldn't resist. We're talking about a reserve list card. Replenish. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Johnny's chosen. Uh, oh, God. Oh, that was terrible. Uh, sorry, uh, ladies and germs. Uh, I had a technical difficulty. My iPhone likes to randomly turn on my flashlight. So I just tilted my phone and I just, oh, just blinded, blinded you. <laughs> All right. So replenish three colorless white. It's a sorcery uh, from Urza's saga. No, Legacy. wait, hold on. The cogs has the S in it. This is Urza's. It's this Urza's damn it. asshole. Yeah, Urza, Urza's Urza's. This card's totally gold bordered. Uh, Destiny. I knew it with the with the with the beak. It's got the D on the bottom of it. Urza's Destiny. Oh, uh, and it basically states: return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to play. Um, local uh, enchantments with no permanence to enchant enchant remain in the graveyard. So you can't, you know, if you have no creatures, you can't bring the auras out then have them die. Um, which would kind of suck, but yes, that'd be bad. there is flavor text. Uh, and so I added, there's three, there's three non voices that I put in here just for this sort of occasion. We just got one of them. World pal, man himself, Christopher Watkins like to talk about this card. Well, treasures, <laughs> trinkets and trash. The relics of the past are brought forth again. Yeah. Need more cowbell. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, the, I mean, obviously this card's amazing. It does what retether can't. Yes, I would assume replenish came out before retether. And you know, being able to grab literally all twenty-seven potential targets is just absurd. The, you'll miss out on cast triggers, but you're gonna have so many enter the battlefield yeah. triggers and. I mean, how do you not, if you're, as long as your graveyard is healthy with your enchantments, how do you not win the game on the spot by casting Replenish? It's super hard. And, and like you said, with the retether, this thing is like, especially in this deck, when you're like slapping all these auras onto Siona and getting all the triggers from that and turning all these things into whatever, I, I have only had this card in hand. I've never been able to cast it, which is a bummer because it's on the RL. Uh, also, don't be, don't be confused. This is this is a gold bordered in here. <laughs> Feels great. Feels good. Very upset. Very upset. All right, Tuck. What's your last one? This is another standby, um, and I think this is a, this is not as good as like the flickering wards of the world, but it does give you a lot of value and a lot of protection for itself because it gets angry. And this we've talked about this before. This card I had to drive to St. Louis to get this one, and that made me have a lot of. Rancor. So one green for an enchant creature gets plus two plus zero and trample. When it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return it to its owner's hand. Uh, let's see what we got here real quick. Whoa, just pick one of the random ones for ones that don't have names. Oh, we almost got there. Uh, but this is from Eile. They're still on the wheel. It's still chosen randomly. They just don't have the names to them. Uh, Eile, our favorite Southern Bell, which I have actually have experience with now. Hatred outlives a hateful hateful what? hatred outlives a hateful you sound like some male like prospector what hey it's supposed to be like 
Hatred outlives the hateful. Sugar. Well, well, okay, hold on. Let me get this character. Oh, well, bless your heart. Hatred outlives the hateful. See, that sounds so yeah. Much that's what, okay. Yeah, I like it. I just the, need to the get first my... time you 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 first time you actually sounded like uh, Mister Candy. Oh, Candyland, King, King Candy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So again, this card does triple duty in this deck. Number one, it's a one drop artifact aura, so you get the triggers there. Number two, it gives aura. Thank you. Um, it gives uh, trample and a buff to Siona, so you can get you can beat Faith with it. And then when it's finally destroyed, you get it back and recast it. So this is this while again not quite the value train of the three we talked about in the grain section this does have a lot of that value too but it can win you the game through damage so that's why i put it into yeast yeah there was a time when i when tech got me into edh in the beginning raincor uh Kozilek butcher of truth uh and uh, altar of the brood were three cards in every deck that i could run them i put them in every gd well, deck I could. also amulet of vigor i think was also probably up oh, on that list vigor, yes. yes that was another one uh rain is the only colored card on the list all the other <laughs> ones were uh uh no colors so uh rain is bananas i absolutely yeah, it's really love good. it uh because it's essentially impossible to get rid of unless they shuffle it or exile it that's the only yep. two ways so yeah it's okay. it's insane so again it's a card i like um and i was really i was really happy to find a deck that it really shines in. all right for the last one i'm gonna disappoint tuck and i'm not taking the bait because i'm a strong Good. independent i'm talking about the brood okay <laughs> <laughs> yes he did it alter the broods in the deck and it's in the yeast Colorless artifact from Gons of Takir, sitting a shade under five bucks. Uh, and it states whenever another You shouldn't even need to read. The, if you like this card enough, you shouldn't even need to read the flavor text or the actual text. But oh, I know I you need I've to do never, both. I have never read the flavor text ever. Oh, okay. Uh, but it basically states whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent takes the top card of their library and puts it into the graveyard. And essentially, we've alluded to it in the spice. He can have infinite tokens at some point. That's infinite mill. You win the game unless someone has a mill card, which then you can just play it out, continue to do it until yep. that anti-mill card is the last card in the deck. Exactly. Um, and this is by our old pal, more. this is by the old pal Koth, the high-voiced Jack Canadian from Grown Ups. Supplicate off of flesh and silver! <laughs> that was in blood! The altar takes what it will! Eyes gleaming with unspoken promises! <laughs> okay, I'm hearing the more Rick and Morty thing, the more I Yeah, right, yes, totally. You, you need like an A and like a little softer talk. I don't know how to talk Canadian. It's just like, well, we'll talk to Bevs and uh, Tomer. Oh, hey, heading up to Jashwin there, are you? <laughs> well, anyways, yeah, I, I love this card. It's a staple in so many decks that people just don't realize. Uh, you should get them because they were a dollar when I was talking about yeah. it. Now they're almost five. This is going to be 15, 20 bucks soon, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mr. Combo spec of yeah. the decade. There you go. I actually like this card in here without the infinite combo as well, because again, you're playing all these repeatable enchantment effects. You're playing all these things that come to the board. You're making these tokens. There's a, there is a lot of value to be had out of this card, even with even if you play it and don't win. Um, now you can't play this in Kansas City play groups because people just kill it immediately out of spite. <laughs> But uh, assuming that people here in, in the Charlotte area haven't caught on, I might be able to actually get some value out of this guy. 
So, curious, uh, we always usually do this to the guests. Have you been able to play this card in this deck? Yes. Did it do work? Yes. <laughs> not even help you win the game. Not 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 even I've not done I've not been able to do the infinite combo with it, but I have had it out and yes it does work. It does a lot of work in this deck, especially when you cuz now your flickering ward is creating a 2/2 two -two, milling 2 for one mana. <laughs> So yeah, it, it, seems, it, good. It, seems good. It, it does it, this in this deck specifically. I have to agree, it does work. <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up the yeast section. Now we're gonna head over to the spice, and I'm gonna start this off with a very, very underplayed card. Um, I've only seen this card in a couple of decks, and this actually might have been the one that I saw it in. But it does have a voice of oh. Resurgence. Yeah, that's really uh, good. So, Voice of Resurgence, Creature Elemental, it's a rare. 2 2, casting cost, Silencia, that's a green and a white, Creature Elemental. All right, we got key, we got not keyword suit, but we got paragraphs. Yeah, there's a lot to talk, there's a lot to go through here. Whenever an opponent casts a spell during your turn or when Voice of Resurgence dies, create a green and white elemental creature token with, quote, this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of creatures you control. Period. Unquote. <laughs> so, uh, this card's great because it basically says, don't do shit on my turn. Yeah. Uh, but it does it in a way to where people don't feel as threatened. Because normally I would say, well, why don't you just run Grand Abolisher? That's just better. Mm -hmm. They just can't do stuff on your turn. But Grand Abolisher, people are like, oh, you literally don't want me doing anything on your turn, so I have to kill it. Or I have right. to kill you. Or maybe a combination of both. <laughs> This, at least, it's like, well, he's di dis discouraging me from casting stuff and doing stuff on his turn. But he's not saying I can't do it. Exactly. So do I care if he gets that creature? Or would I rather do it on someone else's turn? It, it, whenever you give your opponents that modal feeling, and not when it's just like both decisions suck. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, right. Yes, right. When, it, when it's a true, you know, closed hand or open hand, closed fist right. situation, you can get away with a lot more. And I feel like this is a card that sneakily, you're probably going to get two or three triggers mm -hmm. before people catch on. And then when you have 15, 20 soldiers, it's like, well, I got, remember these little guys that were just one ones or three threes? Now they're 23, yeah. 23s. Uh, I always wanted this card um, because I thought it was cool. So guess what the, guess what the highest expense of what this card cost at its peak? Like dollars? Yeah. Uh, twenty bucks. Fifty. No. Yes. This was, was this there, used in like some like modern was, or legacy? It was like a modern like all star. It was all over the place in modern uh, when people were going crazy because like if someone tries to storm off, you have your creatures, and then if you can stop them, it goes from there. Um, but the reason why I have it in here is I cracked it in Double Masters. Never had a copy, and I was like. I think this is probably pretty good. Like you said, the deterrent and the fact I think if it didn't replace itself, if it got killed, it makes it mm -hmm. would make it a little more, little more greasy, slimy. Um, but the fact that it makes the tokens, they're going to come in, you're going to be able to slam face with them. Yeah, it, it's great. This is another card that I've never, ever gotten to see, no matter how many times I've played this deck or the other decks that it was in. It makes me very sad. Well, how about we talk about the spice card that won't make you sad? Okay, because uh, I have been able to play this, and the reason why this isn't in the spice is because literally it cannot go anywhere else. So, 
We're talking about the only card that cares about soldiers that I'm aware of is Knight Captain of Eos. Four Are colors. you kidding me? This is the card you're talking Hell about? Hell yeah, dude. This card's incredible. Four colors and a white uh, for a 2-2 creature human knight. Um, it also has some entered the battlefield abilities. What? You don't like this? I can't uh, believe you didn't talk about the clear cut card. The clear one to cut? Or the clear... No, the clear cut card you should talk about your infinite combo oh no 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 that's too it's too easy and i'll explain that why in the bottle capping so uh knight captain eros is four colors and a white for a two two creature human knight when it enters it comes into play put two one one white soldier creature tokens into play and then colorless sacrifice a soldier prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn so um oh perfect uh your homegirl selenia who happens to be an angry scotsman the strength of bots Caste system is the unfair loyalty of its meekest members. Which kind of sounds like pirates, I don't think about it. So the only reason why I like this in the deck is because for some reason, Siona creates soldier tokens. And literally this card yeah. has dick like, and the reason why I didn't put it in a hops or yeast or grain is that there's been, there's not been another card in the deck that dictated the flow of the game as much as this one card when I cast it. Literally every single turn you're like, Okay, I'm gonna prevent this combat damage unless you want me to. And like, don't even think about attacking me because you have to blow this up. And then people are like, well, you keep preventing the combat damage to keep me from losing the game. So I want that around more. I'll let you keep doing your thing. But Literally, then you're just wasting white mana every turn and a creature. But that's fine because I can do the flickering whisper or whatever and make more of them. There's always more soldier creatures to be made. So I'm telling, I like, I'm telling you, it reads weird. This is also one of Tomer's uh, fringe ones that he talked about when he built this deck online. And I'm telling you, this card is incredible in this deck. It's probably my favorite. Go ahead. It's probably my favorite card in the deck, and it's the one that has done by far and away the most interaction with the board or anything else, good, bad, or otherwise. I mean, it's a good card. It should be in the hops because that's where it deserves to live. But you're a son of a bitch. How are you not going to talk about Shielded by Faith? <laughs> so here's what if people don't know about it? So here's why. I'll go through. I'll, 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 I will explain this. So Shielded Faith is a colorless white-white enchantment aura. Um, it's an enchant creature. Enchant creature is indestructible. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you may attach Shielded by Faith to that creature. So um, the gimmick here is that when you attach it to Siona, you can then attach it to another creature, that the creature that she creates, and so on and so forth, and make infinite tokens, right? Um, the reason why I have this in the spice is that depending on who I'm playing against, I have another card that I just swap it out for. Like I have a package in here that I swap in and out depending on how competitive I want to be. So there's been a lot of games where I have played where I haven't even had this card in the deck, but I know that I can keep it in there if I want to have a, I can keep it in there if I'm trying to like rush to the end, like which is what happened last time when I played it at the last November Drinkathon. I think is the last time I played this deck, right? Because I was like, well, there's something on the line. I'm playing with DGens like Mr. Combo, Day Two Wong, and Frenemy Dan. So I need to. I'm gonna be bringing some heat to it. But other times when I played with this, I just cut this and put in another aura in its set. So that's why this card for me is in the spice. And this is why we're leaving the spice package and going to the bottle cap. And as a reminder, it's going to be big text and eyes, cuts and adds to the deck. They're going to be under $5, under $50, and a no-budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana-only lands. Yeah, we're good. You're good? Yep. Okay. So, Big Tuck, let's start with your under $5. What are you going to cut, and what are you going to add 
to make this deck just a little bit better. So I need more auras. I need more auras. Yes, you do. So I need more auras. So I went through and was looking at the other enchantments that I have, because I want to keep that level high, but ones that like maybe haven't stood the test of time or like I don't have a lot of use for. So one of those is Oblivion Ring, um, which is two colors. Oh. Yeah, because it's like two colors and a white enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, exile another target online permanent. When it leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Um, <clears throat> I don't have any... There's very little in this deck that has repeatable, like once an enchantment's out, I don't get, like I get a lot of cast triggers, right? And without a handful of cards, like the ones that you made mention of, I don't really get a lot of benefits for enchantments being on the field. So for me, a lot of times you do this rigmarole with this deck where you're like, oh, I'm gonna cast it, I'll draw a card. It's not an aura, so I get no ability. I'll target your commander. He removes his commander. He removes his commander from the game, puts it back in his command zone, and then just casts again next turn. So I, I don't think that, th I think this is a fine card. I just don't, it just doesn't feel like it does a ton for me in this specific build and this specific deck. Okay, fair enough. Well, what are you gonna replace it with? So um, I am I am doing three enchantments, um, and one of them is going to be another copy of the bounce effects that we talked about. So Griffin's boon, Griff's boon rather, it's a card that's a little slower but can do similar things. So Griff's boon is a colorless enchantment, or sorry, one white for an enchantment aura, about fifty four cents. Enchant creature, enchant creature gets plus one plus zero and has flying, and then three colorless and a white. Return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. Attach target creature. Activate as a sorcery. So the reason why I like this is that I have played this a lot where I just don't have anything to do with my mana, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't have a big X spell to cast besides like maybe one or two. And I'm like, I just wish I had some way to cast an enchantment or specifically an aura to trigger my commander to kind of get this thing going. So for me, the initial commit of this is very low, right? Like one, one white also gives it flying. We talked about, it, I don't have a lot of flyers makes it makes my commander an evasive threat. But when in the late game, I'm flooded out and maybe I just need like one more altar of the brood to get there. Right. Or I just need one more thing to get going. This is something that I can always sink mana into later in the game. Okay. I, I see where you're going with it. It's not very sexy. Mm. I, f I feel no. like there's probably another aura that has a bounce effect that's cheaper than four. Because even late game, spending four out of your ten that only leaves you six left, and maybe you needed seven or eight. So sure. I, I, could, I can see where you're going with the Oblivion cut. I'm not the biggest fan because it is nice to be able to exile the indestructible stuff, the blight steals of the world. But sure, I can yeah. see where you're trying to go, and I support the more auras because I am literally doing that for two of my three. So Excellent. good first start. Excellent. All right. Well, what do you what are you gonna cut Our, out the gates? I'm getting the getting Calix Destiny's hand the hell out of this deck. <laughs> uh, it's not. I don't good. blame you. And it's I not don't, because I don't. of this deck. It's not because of this deck. I've tried to play him in other decks, and he's not good in those decks either. So, <laughs> two colorless Silencia. That's a green and a white. It's a mythic uh, from Theros Beyond Death. Legendary Planeswalker Calyx comes in with four loyalty, and it has three effects. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an enchantment card from among them and put that card into your hand. The rest on the bottom of your library in a random order for plus one. That would normally be good. Uh, but it's all right. I mean, yes. you're basically paying four mana to draw a card. A card, maybe. Uh, the next one, minus three. 
Exile target creature or enchantment you don't control until target enchantment you control leaves the battlefield. Since your deck's trying to go more into the aura side, you're not going to have as many what I would call more stable targets. Yes, right. To kind of do that that tether link, and then the minus seven, which you'll never get. Uh, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you already have that effect in a sorcery that guarantees resolve. Oh yeah. This thing may not do anything. I don't. So. I don't blame you. I still have a soft spot for this deck, and I will tell you every time I cast him he does nothing <laughs> i have like it got to the point to your point mr combo it got to the point where i whiffed three times on his plus one and didn't have anything to do with his minus seven <laughs> so i can't yeah not I, good i don't disagree with you i i just it's hard you're if i was a logical person i would this would be an easy cut <laughs> but i'm not a logical person i'm an insane well, cat person. the card i'm gonna recommend is gonna make your commander hard physically Whoa. so we're talking about shield of the oversoul two colorless oh, hybrid yeah. silencia green white enchantment aura it's a common for three dollars and 15 cents from Shadowmore. enchant creature as long as enchanted creature is green it gets plus one plus one and indestructible and as long as it's white it also gets plus one plus one and has yeah, one. Yeah. so basically this says three mana aura trigger all your stuff your commander is now indestructible and has flying with plus two plus two. yeah seems significantly better than what this planeswalker could do all right fine i was, I was trying to figure out how to figure out shield of the oversold here i couldn't put it in with everything else i was trying to do you got me <laughs> That's that, that's, that's a that that is a very good cut. I have to give credit where credit's due. And, and, and literally, you could trade your Calyx for Shield of the Oversoul and only have to pay like a, a dollar and yeah. change out of pocket. So yeah, fair go. enough. All right, Tuck, under fifty. What are you cutting? What are you adding? Very similar in scope to what we were just talking about. Um, I I have been burnt by this card too many times to like it. So I'm going to cut Krufix Insight. So it's two colors and a white for a sorcery. Reveal the top six card of your library. Put three enchantment cards from among them into your hand and the rest revealed cards into your graveyard. I've been burned by this card so many times where it's like, oh, great. Yeah. There's my four lands and the two enchantments I can't even cast because I don't have the CMC for them, right? So I think... Yep in decks because there's some enchantment builds that do a lot more from like graveyards shenanigans and stuff going in stuff going out i think if this was a if this was somehow an enchantment sorcery or an enchantment of itself i would feel better about it but it just doesn't seem it's never really done a ton for me an enchantment sorcery i think big tech just created a new Ooh. card type oh that'd be amazing um, so I took another page out of Tomer's book from last week, and he convinced me this card's good. Uh, Sage's Reverie. So three colors for white for an enchantment uh, aura, enchant creature. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card for each aura you control that's attached to a creature. Enchant creature gets plus one, plus one for each aura you control that's attached to a creature. So for me, comparative to, comparative to Krufix Insight, I will draw at least one card and buff that's like the the bare minimum for one more mana i will draw a card nothing will go to its library nothing will go to my graveyard and my commander gets bigger right and creates a soldier whereas like cruises insight sure i might be able to hit three enchantments but if i hit six enchantments i'm still only getting three so for me yeah. cutting out something that feels good in most enchantment decks for something that's an actual aura seems like a pretty good cut for one more mana yeah i agree um this one i think i'm good with so i was kind of talking about your earlier one with the plus two plus two for all enchantments on the battlefield and yeah, like right. where does that cut off i think this one being four mana as long as you can get your aura count closer to 20 yes. i think i'm fine with this 
no matter what because yeah it's not going to look at the whole table it is specific to auras though so there is that selection mm -hmm. process yeah. in there but i think for four mana if you can draw four and give your thing plus four plus four that is a win. yes yeah i agree and like like i said that's what that's what we're trying to get at is getting that and that aura account up to like close to like 20 25 hopefully yep all right well i'm gonna cut a card that i believe you cut a while ago from another deck crystal chimes oh it's, pr uh, it's pretty slow yeah three colorless artifact it's three colorless tap sack it return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to your hand uh it, it just if you had ways to play stuff for free or yeah do, like swapsies like artifacts do then i think it could still have a home but the casting i'm just no tomer convinced me that this was a slimy card and i disagree i don't think this card's very good at all <laughs> and it's an artifact well this is gonna give you another aura to attach and this one is gonna make it almost impossible to kill your commander i know because i had to deal with this with uh uh squee mcgee's uh he who shall not be named uh his redacted Gift his redacted name deck. mortality <laughs> oh okay mortality so funny story about is, this continue <laughs> Uh, really, really good. Two colorless white enchantment aura. It's a rare for about three <laughs> bucks. Probably should have had those flip flopped. Uh, enchant creature. When enchanted creature dies, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Then return gift of immortality to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. What's your story? So this is. I am not even joking. I can go get the deck to show you. This is literally the card that I'll cut shield of faith for. Or shield my faith for literally this one. I'm like, okay, three, three mana, swap it out. <laughs> Lame. Uh, oh. But I do think this is a lot better than your crystal chimes because this is a aura that it's very hard to get rid of. And then even if your commander does die through a board wipe, it's gonna come back. Yeah. And if you have other enchantments, you're gonna get those ETB triggers. You're gonna get your commander's trigger. Uh, it, it's just gonna be more fluid for the deck than just getting a bunch of maybe cantrippy type things back to hand and playing them. And to your point, that's like best case scenario with Crystal Trines, right? There's also been times where I drew that like opening hand. It's like, yeah, I the, if this was an enchantment, at least I could draw a card. Now, like, I'm waiting for the time to cast this, but I don't want to cast yep. it because that means I'm like getting slaughtered and actually have a graveyard to pay six mana to get back. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think Chris, I think crystal chimes is too sweaty for what we're trying to accomplish here. Agree. All right, Tuck, no budget break that bank. I, what I'm really going to do. I'm, I'm really going for it so far. I think I'm still under a dollar and I think I'll, I'll end up under a dollar all in. <laughs> With all three mines. So I, I'm actually going to cut Song of Fraley's. So it's a colorless and a green. And it's a saga. So uh, enchantment saga. It's uncommon. As it enters the battlefield. Um, and after your draw strip, add a lore counter. And then sacrifice after three. So one and two is until your next turn. Creatures you control gain. Tap. Um, add one mana of any color. And then at the third time, this triggers. Put one one counter on each creature to control. They gain vigilance, trample, and indestructible until end of turn. So the problem that I've run into a lot with this deck is I don't have I don't have any mana sinks, right? Like I kind of just get mm. where I'm at. And I'd rather I'd rather just have creatures back as defenders than even think about being like, is it worth it to tap this to get this next value? The real mana sinks sure. are what we talked about, like flick, um, the flickering ward, those things. But like 
those aren't going to win me the game. Um, and a lot of times my token count gets to like, kind of gets kind of capped to like nine or 10 and then I get a board wipe or something. So, so this is going to telegraph it. It's not an aura. It just doesn't see, it's a great card. And we've talked about how much we like this. I just don't feel like this is the right deck for it. I gotcha. So what are you going to replace it with? So I looked up cards that are like Rancor and literally went through and thought ones that I thought were the best. And I think this is one of the better ones. Um, so I'm actually going to cut it for Spirit Loop, which is a card I'd never heard of before now. So it's a colorless and a white for an enchantment aura, enchant creature you control. When enchanted creature deals damage, you gain that much life. It does not give it lifelink, which is weird. But when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, bounce it back to your hand, right? So interesting. Yeah, and there's like a few more that do this. Um, there's one that was like enchanted creature gains sacrifice a forest regenerate it and it's like that doesn't seem good um but for me it's just like again what happens with auras they die then you have to go through all this rigmarole of getting them back right and even though it's not as good as like flickering ward because you it's like reactionary in the sense that your creature has to die this still is going to come back for you and then for two mana the next turn you can trigger all your leftover enchantments and whatever else is going to happen so um there's a couple more like this but like i said this i thought was like the 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 least sweaty of them all. I mean, I like it. Um, it's going it back to your hands. So you get that recycle, and the art is really yeah, right? cool. Totally metal, bro. <laughs> um, evidently, that guy is from Utah because he's a one of those Christians that teaches you how to do it with the snakes. <laughs> the snake. All right. Well, my last one, uh, I'm actually going to cut a card. I think it's a little redundant. Okay. I think I can do a little bit better. I'm going to cut Seal of Cleansing. You do have yeah, the, other I got the other one. seal in there as well. Colorless white enchantment. Sacrifice Seal of Cleansing. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. And the reason I chose this one is just because initially your color pie, you have a little too much white pips. And I was like, okay, well, let me not add to the white pips because this one will have white. Uh, but it's a card that I believe you said you do not own, and it's a shame because it is an aura, but it more does shards. We're talking about aura shards. Oh, God. Uh, colorless <laughs> Silencia, that's green and white enchantment. Uh, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may destroy target artifact or yeah. enchantment coming in at about $10. So the reason Oof. I think you need to get this into the deck over that seal is a seal and this accomplish the same thing. Yes. The seal's one and done. Yeah. This thing, there's going to be times where you maybe make one to two uh, creature tokens. That's one to two destroys. And this gets around the issue that Harmonic Sliver has that you and I talked about because it's a May effect. There will never right. be a time where you have to start targeting your own stuff because you don't have a valid target. You could always just choose not to do anything. But Aura Shard yeah, no. kind of give you that rattlesnake card like, don't you go crazy. Yeah. No, it's a great it's a great inclusion. Um, like it's like the reason why the seals are in there as opposed to like some other mass thing is that they're enchantments. But like you said, for one mana more, this this has an infinite much higher top end. The only the only thing I will say is that very few people are gonna target seal cleansing or the other seals because then it's like, okay, if you target it, I'm just gonna target you back. But that's like such yeah. a stupid edge case where it's like this is gonna get blown up, but still if I pay three and get three triggers out of it, it's just immediately better than either of the seals. Yep. 
Yeah. Or even if you pay three and get two triggers out of it, that's a 1.5 compared to the two. You're still on top. As yeah. long as you get more than one trigger, you Ooh. have won the seal versus aura shards. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely, we're at the end of the episode. And as promised, here's some details about that giveaway. Uh, Level 1 Game Shop and CMD Tower are going to be giving away a Modern Horizons 2 bundle. To enter, it's extremely simple. Just promote the content we produce, follow us on our different social media platforms, leave comments for us out in the universe, and become a Patreon. Uh, Don't have to do it all. You can just do one or as many as you like. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News July 7th and our social media accounts soon after. And yes, we'll be doing these giveaways every month. Could be a sweet little bundle like this. It could be a custom deck. It could just be one really hot, hot hard. It's hot. It just depends on what our sponsor Level 1 provides. We would love a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening or watching us on. Um, And if you enjoyed it, leave that positive feedback. If you hated it, just just slide into our DMs and let us know why so we could be better. Don't don't roast us out there on the (laughs) multiverse. That's just mean. And if you'd like to find out more ways to enter into the contest and talk with the cast, here's how you could do that. You can reach me at Mr. Comet number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you? Now that you have the app downloaded. Uh, also, I have been posting actual tweets to at Big Tuck tweeting as opposed to just things. Uh, one of my favorite things I've been doing is uh, wishing random celebrities happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of them was Robert Pattinson, who I had to post the Robert Pattinson fan Twitter because he doesn't have one. And then the other one is our old pal, Bale Organa himself, Jimmy Smiths, just turned uh, like 56 this year. So that's going to be Big Tuck's new thing. Just every day while he's taking the the, uh, morning poop. What celebrity's birthday is it today? Who's the most unrecognizable? (laughs) Do they have a Twitter account? Uh, They're about to get a happy birthday. My father refers to it as his morning devotional, but uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. We also have a website where the deck list will be posted at www.cmdtower.com slash bnb. E94. Big Tuck puts a lot of effort into those articles, so be sure to go check it out. Squee McGee, if people want to find out how to get a hold of your Manolith commentary, how would they do that? He can do all your audio stuff in the KC metro area. Uh, he does have a full studio. He can do stuff over the interwebs. Go hit him up because he does a top-notch job. If you'd like to support uh, us further, as well as our sponsor, you should really head over to level1gameshop.com. When you place an order in the order notes, just type out CMD Tower so they know that you came from The Collective. Also, if you guys could start doing that for any other LGSs, that would be hilarious because then the collective is just purely trolling them. Just thought of that. Let's go. Uh, they do have a awesome storefront and TCG store. The biggest thing is they're awesome people with kind hearts that give you guys some free stuff every month. So you should definitely hook them up. If you would actually like to help us out directly, financially, and and consequentially, don't know if that works, uh, you should head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Tower. We have four different pledge levels, and like we've talked about it, you can get in for just a buck a month. You get a bunch of definite value uh, all the way up to 5, 15, and 25, where we just give you more and more swag and stuff. The biggest one being, if you're on the $5 or higher, we're going to be giving away RK Post exclusive patron tokens, 
from his Patreon account uh, to everyone that's on the $5 and up tier. That'll be happening every three months. You'll basically guaranteed at least get one of each of the previous three months uh, art. And then you'll just get a bunch of extra copies kind of dependent on the random order. But if you're a patron and you need more CMD Tower sleeves and you don't want to give us any more money, <laughs> refer some people to join the Patreon because we're giving it's out easy, yeah. stuff for free because uh, I got to get it out of the base. It's a buyer's market out there. Uh, if anyone uh, of your friends or LGS frenemies wants to become a part of our community, just have them mention you uh, in Patreon and then we'll send you some free stuff. So uh, pretty simple there. We do have a store, though, so if you can't help out from a monthly perspective, but you would like to pick up some of the swag, and maybe you don't know a friend that can uh, you can refer to join, uh, so that way you get something for free, you can have it to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. We do sell uh, very nice uh, play mats. We're going to be working on our new design soon as we get uh, closer and closer to going through those. Uh, and we do have sleeves. We got coins. We got tokens. We got a whole lot of stuff. But of course, if you guys can't provide any financial help, just share all of the content we put out. Uh, we're starting to post more from our primary Twitter account, uh, reminders on the week's episodes and stuff, so be sure to retweet those. Um, and just be active, you know, just talk to us. We love chatting with you. And of course, thank you again to the Redacted Bit, Pink yes, Royal. Of uh, this will be your swan song. Oh. And then of course, we got to hit up our main guy, T-Coats, at underscore T-Coats on Twitter. He is our YouTube and art editor. He does a great job on the videos. I don't know if you guys watched the uh, Wizard Harry Potter episode, but it was pretty great. Excellent. Don't know how long it took him to flash in a picture of Daniel Radcliffe every what it seemed like five seconds. I'll have to check it out. So, Big Tuck, Siona, Silencia's Last Hope. Uh, a, how do you feel like the conversation went? B, how do you think the bottle capping went? And C, why is she Silencia's last hope? Like, what power does she have? Because she doesn't even want to go infinite, apparently. Uh, a, I thought it went great. Um, I thought we, I thought we had some really fun discussions around the around this this card and this archetype. B, I thought this was maybe the best bottle capping we've ever done. Um, I felt like this was. I thought I felt like we went three for three, where we were both like, "Yeah, okay," like that kind of makes sense on both sides of it. Which I don't know if we've ever that's even fair. come remotely close to it. Like neither of us were like, "No, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to cut that," or like, "No, I'm not going to pay for that." Right? Which I think is a new record. Um, and see, it's pretty yeah. much. It's pr am I wrong? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, and then see, she's my last hope because if this deck doesn't work out, I'm not going to build a Selenia deck ever again. So Or Selesnia, rather. I just don't care. It's uh, just stupid. I, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> Until they come out with some like weird coin well, flip. If you lose it, make a token. If you win it, you ran. Well, they can't. They, ooh, that'd be cool. They did come out with that new one that's just this, that's a, uh, a green and a white. When you play an enchantment spell, just draw a card and gain a life. Stupid. Hey, Green needs all the help. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I thought this episode went well as well. Um, this is a deck that it, it's a lot like it, it just has a reputation, not Ooh. from Big Tuck, but from the 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 multiverse. Because yes, when you right. see someone sit down with a Siona deck, it's like, up oh, shielded by faith, infinite combo. They're trying to tutor it as quick as possible and just win the game. Um, very much like when you sit down in front of a, a Narset deck or 
and, yeah. uh, and yeah, the yeah. Markov deck. They just have that reputation of being ultra powerful that if you decide to build a Siona Silencia's Last Hope deck, you just need to make sure that if you're not going to build it the infinite combo way, that you clearly let the table know, hey, guys, not shieldable by faith combo, just want to let yep. you know. And you just accept, you may take some hits the first four or five times you play the deck. Don't quit. Right. Uh, just because you're getting picked on. Because uh, it, all it takes is people to realize that you're not the monster that they think you are. And then they will start to slowly shift that exactly. elsewhere. Because as Tuck has mentioned on past casts, I have decks uh, that are very much like low to the ground, very fun, not that like they're good, they're, they're yeah. non-competitive. But because of my reputation with our play group, whenever I debut a new deck, I get curbstomped curb all day yeah. long. Uh, but you know what? After about two, three weeks, when I start playing that deck again, people leave me alone. Sure. So it's just a matter of time. And the time has now hit. Say goodbye.